Welcome to the Healthy Perspective Podcast with your host, chiropractor, entrepreneur, mentor, and author, Dr. Chris Bowman. He'll break down and extract the secret sauce behind his own success and the success of some of the top leaders in every category and from around the world. Get ready for your weekly mental adjustment because shift is going to happen. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Healthy Perspective podcast. Today, we have Dr. Ben Benem. He is the founder of Dermatology and Hair Restoration um, down here in Southern California near me. Um, I'm so stoked to be able to, to talk with Dr. Ben, um, even though we're in completely different fields. I work with the, the spine, the inside of the body, and he works with the skin, the outside of the body. We we're having a chat a little bit before, and, and ultimately, it's about um, helping people live better lives, you know, whether I do that through pain and he does that through, uh, I'm sure there's some pain with skin and, you know, but looking at cancers, looking at scars, looking at um, self-confidence, looking at um, answering questions about how people can take better care of the skin instead of just maybe putting chemicals and things like that. There's a lot of things that we have in common. And so I'm so excited to bring this different perspective on health with Dr. Ben. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Well, did you always want to be a doctor or how did you kind of get into the field that you're in now? That's a really good question. So actually, I didn't always want to be a doctor. Back in college at UCLA, actually, I wanted to be a computer engineer, actually, believe it or not. And I self-taught myself how to code websites, HTML wow. back in 1996. Wow. Uh, but, you know, it really wasn't my calling. You know, I ended up becoming a microbiology major and ended up going to med school. And actually, initially, I was looking at cardiology. But believe it or not, you know, the skin is something that's really attractive. You know, there's so much you could do about it. And there's so many ways they could really help people just from like skin cancer point of view or just, you know, patients with rashes. I was always the one who always had eczema, had a specific type of like autoimmune hair loss issue, had really bad acne and I went on Accutane. So I had a lot of skin issues all my life. So I kind of felt that dermatology was really my calling, you know, uh, when I wanted to med- when I went to med school. That's amazing. And um, you went to UCLA. Did you grow up out here in Southern California? Or? Yeah, I grew up in Westwood. Pretty much I've been in, in L.A. ever since 1987. Wow. Um, I did. I went to UCLA undergrad, ended up at UC Irvine for med school and residency. Uh, and I moved back up to L.A. You know, after I was done. So I've been a local Southern California kid all my life, pretty much. I love that. I'm, I'm sure the beach is participating in your healthy regimen of skin care and, and health and whatnot, too. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yes. Uh, yes, for sure. You know, it's Southern California. You know, I, I almost end up at UCSD San Diego, but I realized if I go there for med school, I will always be surfing. So I went to Irvine instead. <laughs> great call. I tell you, great call. Right. A little bit of self-discipline there. I love it. Awesome. Well, we're having a bit of a discussion um, uh, before we started recording just about um, this profession being much more than just vain people spending money that most people don't have to look the way nobody can really look naturally. You know, I think that's maybe a perception that that some people get when they think of, uh, you know, a skin treatment or a hair treatment or something like that. Um, we kind of took the the spin of the, the work that you're doing is truly helping people not just um, look better. Obviously, they'll look better with, with those sort of things, depending on your on your point of view. But there might be a, a scar that reminds somebody of, of a certain event in, in history 
um, that if you can make that go away or, or look less might actually bring some emotional healing. Why don't you um, um, talk about that just a little bit about the, the work that you're able to do with people and, and how it's boosting self-confidence and maybe what the um, result of, of, you know, having better self-confidence have done for people. Yeah. Thanks so much for that introduction. So, so uh, see, I agree with you. One of the good things about dermatology is that there's so many different things you could do. You could do purely cosmetics. You could focus on just skin cancer, which is great. Like yesterday I was in clinic and we did skin cancer surgery, you know, we did four surgeries, you know, just removing skin cancer, which is really helpful, uh, you know, and beneficial for patients and they're really appreciative. And, you know, and also another thing is that, uh, you know, someone like in between the cosmetic and medical, like, you know, like scars. So one of the things uh, that I focus on is acne scars in my clinic, but mm-hmm. also I'm in practice with my twin brother who does only hair transplant. Oh, wow. And, you know, it, it's very interesting that you brought up the scar because he also does a lot of scar revision. So I'm going to tell you a story about something that I've done with scars and something that Dr. Sean has done with scars, you know, you know, so, so one of the stories that comes to mind is uh, years ago, we were doing a, a hair transplant procedure on this young gentleman who had a really bad scar on his scalp. So we're doing a scar revision on this, uh, on the scar on the scalp. The way he got the scar was that he had gotten into a car accident, unfortunately, when he was younger, where sadly one of his siblings ended up passing away in the oh, car accident. No. So the scar always reminded him of like the negligence and the car accident and like, you know, you know, you know, missing his sibling. So what we did was that we ended up going in there, doing a scar revision, removing the scar from his scalp, then removing some hairs from his back and basically kind of doing like a mini hair transplant to cover the rest of the scar, you know, and, you know, for him, that was some. That was a that was not just a physical scar. It was a true emotional scar, and kind of you know getting past that you know was tr- truly traumatic for him. I mean, he re- I mean when we saw him back in clinic, he literally cried for a long time because mm. you know he didn't he he didn't have that constant day to day reminder of that episode that happened basically when he was younger. So so it, that that's one scenario. Another scenario that happens honestly on a more regular basis is that you know I do a lot of acne scars. And a lot of acne scars, I mean, unfortunately, for the for general, generally acne scars are really not that bad. But there's some cases where it could be really bad. And when it's really bad, unfortunately, patients, you know, go through this like years of like kind of traumatic events. And for that, what I mean is like in this particular case, I mean, this patient specifically told me that like every time when people would, would talk to him, they would not look at him, but they would look at these deep indents, you know, on his cheeks, you know. Um, he, he's a gentleman in his like early 50s. You know, and unfortunately, you know, he, you know, he said like every time we would go out on dates, you know, like he just felt embarrassed, ashamed, and really not at the same level as the person that he was going out, out with. And he always felt that he was being judged. You know, um, he would tell me, you know, you know, if he were to walk down, you know, walk on the street and it was dark, you know, people would kind of go away on the other side just because, you know, he felt he felt that people thought that he was a little bit like scary looking, you know. Wow. Uh, and, and he's actually does a lot of acting for some of the local studios 
um, like not main roles, but, you know, kind of like in the background. And he was saying that prior to the acne scar removal, he would rarely get any roles, even as a secondary actor, just being the background. After we did like a major procedure on him, he said he went back to the studios and he felt that the way he was treated was completely 180% different. He was then judged. People were more welcoming. People actually looked at them in the eye and spoke with them. And, and for him, being living with this for like literally 50, 40, 50 years and having this type of response from people, and, and actually he actually had a role, you know, on an HBO film, an HBO episode, it was really life-changing. Mm. So it's something, you know, very simple as kind of getting in there and doing a subsession or trying to fill in some acne scars that really changes people's lives because it changes other people's perspectives of them, you know, and that's really the most important thing. And, you know, that's it's really interesting, you know, kind of what I said in the beginning is the, the I don't know, the first thought I'm sure that comes to a lot of people's mind, maybe not in California because it's kind of a normal thing for us, but maybe somewhere else where it's like, oh, all you do is scar removal or skin treatment or those sort of things that like you're just making those actors look ways that people can't look themselves. Well, if we didn't expect those things of people, like if it was if we if that person was treated normal with his scars, we wouldn't even need to think about filling them in but because society puts pressure on you to look a certain way i mean that it's kind of like a self-propelling like so it's not just the people that are to blame for you know vain interest it's it's that honestly a movie with somebody like that might not sell as well as a movie with somebody that that looks better you know what i mean so really we look got to look in the mirror at what we expect of people. Not that it's a bad thing getting a scar revision or, you know, those sort of things, but that's really a heart check for us, you know, thinking, man, what would I, you know, would I want to see a, a movie where the hero looks maybe looks like a traditional villain or, you know, like something like that. And I think that's a really helpful thing for us to realize where, you know, there that the, the depths that somebody has to go to feel accepted and normal yeah. is, is kind of crazy, especially in Hollywood. Yes, and also especially today, I think like, see, when I grew up and I had a lot of acne on my face, and you know what, no one cared, because you know what, there was no Facebook, no Instagram. I mean, how many times did you take a photo of yourself in the 1990s? Honestly, I don't have photos, like, yeah, I have maybe two photos from like high school, you know, whereas every day now, kids in high school take 10 photos a day and on Instagram and Facebook. So, you know, it's just, we live in a much more social world, you know, much more public world. And look, if you look at the movies from sixties and seventies, you know, there was that one great actress that looked amazing and everybody else kind of, you know, had all the face (laughs) and no one really, and and that was expected. No, that was normal. But right now it's not normal. So unfortunately the society as a whole basically has changed. Yeah. And, and that's why it's harder for everyone else in general. Look, I mean, a lot of stuff I do in my office. Like, so we do like, you know, like a lot of skin cancer stuff, skin checks. We do like a lot of acne scars, but we also do a lot of hair. And again, all ties in with the fact that people are just taking more photos of themselves they're on social instagram every day you know and you know hair is important i mean it is you know right, right. and people judge you unfortunately that's the truth right. you know 
Right. So when people come to you, obviously things have been going on for a long time. You know, their hair is almost out. Their acne is really bad. Their eczema is really bad. Their skin cancer is, is to the point where, you know, you can see it and need to remove it. Um, I would assume that if you had the opportunity to, to chat with everyone about preventing those things from happening, what would be maybe some of your top tips for um, for acne? Because obviously they're, they're different for everybody. Maybe for acne, for hair loss, what are some of the things that you're finding where if you could talk to somebody when they're little, you know, like, hey, you're going to see me in 20 years unless you... Yeah, a great, great answer. Let's talk. Yeah, great question. Let's talk about some of this stuff. So acne. So I truly believe, I mean, unfortunately, like a lot of people that have acne scar is, is because you know, they did not treat it early on. Um, I mean, sometimes, look, sometimes people break out in a month or two with extreme acne and that you can't prevent. Sure. But a lot of time, the problem with acne is that it goes on for like a long, long time. And it's that that inflammation on the skin that basically breaks down the collagen and causes those depression. So the key is see a dermatologist early and, uh, you know, try multiple different regimens. Another problem is that a lot of people are afraid of taking oral antibiotics or even gone Accutane. I'm not saying Accutane is for everyone, but, you know, if someone's really severe, I'd rather put on Accutane because if they end up with those acne scars, they're going to have a lot more depression, a lot more anxiety, and a lot more social stigma if they're not treated, you know? So the consequence of, the, of having the acne scars is worse than taking antibiotic for six months. So early treatment and early prevention is always the key, and sometimes you have to be aggressive. Number two, you know, for, you know, for skin cancer, I mean, unfortunately, I have to say that there's a huge difference between males and females. Females are very much on top of it. You know, they see something, they come in right away. Guys, sadly, they just let it be there. I had a patient who had a huge skin cancer in front of his eyes and it was there for 10 years. I'm like, I don't understand. How come we didn't come in earlier? He's like, well, the first five years, I tried to see what, if it's going to go away or not. I'm like, okay, what happened to the second five years? I was just too busy. It was already beginning ways. I just didn't want to come in, <laughs> you know, but that's like a typical answer that a right. guy gives, you know? Right. So, but you know, majority of time, it's not going to be fatal, but unfortunately sometimes it is fatal. And I mean, if you have like a melanoma, so I had another patient, very busy gentleman, investment banking, bleeding mole on the back. And he's like, doc, I was very busy. And then come in. Well, a bleeding mole is not a good idea, you know? I mean, unfortunately, it was an invasive melanoma. You know, luckily, it still wasn't that deep. We were able to basically get it out on time, and he survived. But, you know, it's a lot more headache. You have to see a lot of doctors, PET scan, CAT scan, surgeries. You know, so early prevention is the key. And honestly, sunscreen, staying out of the sun, those are all really, you know, the key. And then for hair loss. Look, a lot of people are genetically predisposed to hair loss. Stress is one of the major triggers of hair loss. Mm -hmm. Remember, I didn't say the cause. I said trigger, which means you're genetically predisposed. You go through a stressful event. It triggers. It accelerates. It makes the hair loss go faster. So the key with hair loss is, number one, what you eat is basically it's very important for hair, for hair loss, you know? So taking your vitamin D, taking your iron if you're female, taking a multivitamin, uh, not eating processed foods, you know, staying away from all those muscle shakes that are used for muscle building. Those are really bad. Staying away from creatine, staying away from soy milk. Those all increase your testosterone level in your body. So those are bad. Another thing is, you know, kind of, you know, you know, again, early, you know, the sooner you start, 
basically prevention with the hair loss, the better it is. So, you know, if you think you're really losing your hair, seeing a specialist where you could go on oral propitia. Now there's topical propitia that the topical medications basically that, um, that also help with your hair. So you don't have to ingest something orally, which has lower risk of side effect. I mean, we found out this company called happy head that, you know, it's a prescription, great topical medication. So it's mm -hmm. easier for patients because they don't have to take it. It's just topical. It has low risk of like side effects in general, and it really works. So, you know, that's, you know, one way they could do it. So the key is, you know, the earlier you do it, basically the, the better it is. And then sometimes look, you can't avoid it. I mean, unfortunately I had a, very young female that came to my office about a few months ago. And, um, and uh, unfortunately she had, she had gotten pregnant accidentally and ended up with, abort, you know, you know, aborting, unfortunately. Uh, and, you know, it was very traumatic for her because she comes from like a family where, you know, these things are not talked about and she had to hide a lot of stuff from her, her parents, mm. you know, which added more stress and she ended up in a situation where she lost 60, 70% of her hair just from all that stress. Right. So that is something, you know, unfortunately it happens, you know, sometimes unavoidable, uh, but, you know, the doctors that could help, you know, right. I had another patient from San Diego who ended up with COVID and ended up losing 80% of her hair. You know, she's like a 22-year-old girl. That's wow. very, trust me, that's a lot more traumatic for her than the COVID itself. Right. You know, so, and I mean, she literally drove to my office cry crying. Wow. You know, again, those things will really impact them socially, you know, like from boyfriend issues, school, work, you know. So, right. again, you know, a lot of times, you know, doing things early, you know, prevention is the key or kind of in a stepping in at an earlier stage. That's really the most important thing because if you're going through that shedding phase it's easier to get you started on certain procedures and medications to slow down that shedding right as opposed to wait for all that shedding to happen and then let's talk about regrowth right right yeah makes sense i mean it's like somebody comes to see me with a arthritic right. spine that has no disc and it's like well i mean there's not a lot to do at this point like you know it's pain management we with this it's, it's got to take a lot to, you know, to go back to the way it used to. Not that it's impossible, but you're, now you're talking about stem cells and ozone and all these de decompression therapies and, you know, versus coming in earlier, right after a car accident or, you yeah. know, when, when your body's feeling good to prevent things from getting bad, it's much easier to take care of it at that point than, you know, when it becomes a, a problem. And I think a lot of people have problems thinking ahead. You know, a, a part of what I, I just released a book, is it two weeks ago now? Yeah, geez, um, on the 16th called Perspective, Rewire Your Brain for Success and Abundance. And I talk about in the beginning, a lot of times people stress overwhelm their ability to cast vision. Yes. You know, so you're talking about like, it's, this is skin cancer. This is could have a major life effect, but they're so focused on what's happening right now that they're yeah. not able to project into the future, you know, what's going on. And so I think that's the key for, for prevention where it's like, not just, you know, I'm going to treat this when it affects my life so badly that I can't go on anymore, you know, but staying ahead of the game to make sure that it never gets that way. Right. Yeah, you're yeah absolutely correct. Do you guys do a lot of stem cell these days for spine and arthritis? And a lot of chiropractors do. I haven't chosen to get into it. Um, I, I don't see that sort of population too often. Um, I'm a, a diplomat in chiropractic pediatrics. 
Um, mm-hmm. So I see a lot of kids with autism, ADHD, a lot of young babies, um, pregnant moms. Nice. Um, those are those are the kind of the population that I see a lot. Um, I'm not really in the Medicare or, you know, like that that type of age where stuff typically is pretty degenerated. But I do know a few people in my area that that do that and and have seen some pretty uh, some pretty successful procedures. So cool. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if people um, are looking for, a, you know, to get a treatment from you or to learn more about you, where can they visit? Yeah, so my office is near Santa Monica, we're on the west side. So it's called Dermatology and Hair Restoration. And um, yeah, you can always come up, you know, if, even if you're in California, I have a lot of patients that usually fly in or usually basically uh, just drive up and we're more than happy to treat you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm excited for people to listen to this because I think it's going to give people hope, you know, that I don't have to live like this forever. There's something that I can do. So thank you so much for jumping on. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Healthy Perspective Podcast. To connect with Dr. Bowman, follow him on Instagram at Dr. Chris Bowman. Until next time, make shift happen.